through 21. It has already been read into your hearing, but I would like to read it once again. So for this reason, I bow my knees before the Lord, from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you the strength in your inner being with power through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who by the power at work in us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine. To him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Our sermon title this morning is The Power at Work in Us. And so I wanted to ask you a question. Do you have that one friend that when he or she calls and needs to talk, you brace yourself? When their caller ID comes up on your phone, you say a little prayer that begins with, oh Lord, here we go. I guess some of you have a friend like that, at least one. I remember sharing this with my father many moons ago. So he said that he had a corporate tip for me. He said, when you're on a call that's taking a bit too long, Make sure the call drops when you're talking, not when they're talking. So basically hang up on the person when you're speaking to them. <laughs> so whenever my friends need to talk, I listen. I do not hang up on them. And I spend time trying to discern who is God calling me to be in that moment, or at least who am I for my friend in that moment? Am I a friend who knows her deepest secrets and responds accordingly? Am I his pastor friend who cares for his soul? Am I a street fighter who will go to battle with them when needed? Who does he or she need for me to be in that moment? So recently I heard three distinct words and then a phrase from a very dear friend of mine. She says, Sheila, we need to talk. And I said, oh, Lord. But it was during dinner, so I couldn't do the corporate tip. My friend pauses and leans forward, and she looks at me in the eye, and she says, I don't know how to describe what's going on with me, but the best thing I can say is that I am stuck. She leans back and says, now tell me why I should go to church. I am stuck. Now tell me why I should go to church. 
Not only was I surprised, I mean, sitting in front of me was an accomplished, married, privileged, financially secure woman and also a clergy person, so she really has to go to church. But of course, I couldn't say that to her. Honestly, I didn't know what to say. So I began to repeat churches about community, support, encouragement, hope. I moved through a litany of reasons, none of which were new to her or to me. And in that moment, they all sounded bland and insufficient. And then I recalled our Ephesians passage. I pray that you are strengthened in your inner being with the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you have the knowledge to comprehend with all the saints the fullness and love of Christ. But I didn't say that either. And so I said to her, church is a construct. We go, we serve, we work, we give. Because we are followers and disciples of Jesus Christ. And together we are a unified body. So I look around this sacred space and I dare to ask the question to each of you, are you stuck, trapped, and unable to move? And I don't mean physically, I mean spiritually. Where church is a habitual construct of no significant interest, except maybe to catch up with old friends, or maybe it's just something to do. We're envisioning your life as a follower and disciple and member of the body of Christ is either non-existent or at least a partiality. See, our passage this morning is not a debate. It is not about Jews versus Gentiles. It does not contain insider or outsider language. And the text does not place one group of people over another. This text, read twice into your hearing, is an intercessory prayer where you, in the midst of lost hope and grief and heartache, secret shame and overwhelming guilt are not beyond the scope of God's love. See, this passage exemplifies boldness and reminds us of our access to God. Even when we are stuck, confined, confused, as well as full of joy, we have a power at work in us. The Apostle Paul's letter was intended for the diverse churches in Ephesus, and he addresses them all. So we never know when we're reading this letter who he is speaking to. He claims over and over again, I am one who is a prisoner for Jesus Christ. We know through his history that he was rejected. We know that his freedom has been relinquished. We know that by today's standards, Paul was probably stuck in life. 
See, in the midst of this letter where Paul gives spiritual blessings, praises God, reiterates the theology that by grace you are saved through faith, which is a gift from God, Paul says we are one in Christ and he is sending forth this prayer that reaches throughout the cosmos and lands right here in this moment. He proclaims in verse 13, I pray that you do not lose heart. Losing heart or even being stuck is an inevitable dimension of the human condition where only God can answer our prayer for understanding. This prayer as simple as it is, is for us. And because of this prayer, we are called to turn and pray this prayer in the life of others. See, Paul is not praying for us individually. He's praying for us collectively, that we as the body of Christ stay unified, that together we are strengthened in our inner being, that together we are rooted and grounded in love, that together we comprehend how big, how large God is, and we know together the love of Christ. We understand that God will accomplish abundantly far more than we could ever ask or imagine. Yes, this humbled intercessory prayer is for us. So I'm going to ask you to do something. I know it may be tough sometimes. I want you to take a look at those around you for a moment. Just look behind, look next to you. Wave if you want. Look around. We have synergy. We have the Holy Spirit. We have each other. Do not lose heart, saint. We have a power at work in us. See, on our behalf, Paul is praying to God the Father as a source of all there was or is or ever will be. The prayer is an awesome privilege afforded to us. And perhaps we enter into its activity so often or maybe not at all that we have lost its sense of privilege. And it has become more of a duty. Let's think about this for a moment. In spite of our sin, we are allowed by grace to speak one-on-one with a God who is perfect and holy. We are allowed to speak one-on-one on behalf of others just like Paul does for us. See, perhaps we overlook the fact that we who are limited in power have access to enter before the one who spoke all things into existence. We may become so accustomed to our activity that we remain stuck in life and not embracing the privilege of the power that is at work in us. Very few of us 
will ever have the unique privilege to find ourselves in the presence of dignitaries, celebrities, presidents, or elected officials. Yet, we all have the freedom to come and go at will before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There is a power at work in us. See, Paul's prayer is calling us as a congregation to rise stronger, not individually, but as a congregation to rise stronger, to move deeper within this construct we call the church. We're called to ground ourselves more firmly in discipleship and love for our neighbors. God is already at work in our congregation and is asking us to continue to participate to make his voice known. This overwhelming, holy power is present in our attempts to live faithfully, lovingly, and courageously in the face of all of our troubles. And you know, and I know, that there are a lot of troubles in our world. So often we pray for human strength, political clout, or financial influence. But when we pray to be strengthened in faith and to comprehend God's grace, we're not asking too much. There is a power at work in us. Paul is praying as a community that God's great power by way of the Holy Spirit strengthens our inner being, opens our hearts and minds, and gives us the courage to share our love which is rooted and grounded in Christ. God is the God who loves, goes beyond our ability to measure or fully know. God is the God whose fullness is greater than anything that we can contain. And this is the same God who is at work within us. So saints, do not lose heart. There is a power at work in us. And this power gives us hope. It's a hope in a world where a young girl is killed and her sister injured by another's hand. It gives us hope. It gives us hope in a space where our loved ones are dying of cancer and other diseases. It gives us hope. Hope that in the midst of our today, God will provide for tomorrow. Hope. There is a power at work in us. So many times we come to church and we don't receive or acknowledge that power. And we leave as feeble and as depressed as when we walked in the door. But God wants us to be encouraged in this moment to know that there is a power at work where we are able to accomplish abundantly far more because of God all that we could ever ask or imagine. 
not just for this generation, but for all generations. So here we are. There is a level of vulnerability when we speak our truth. And yes, sometimes we will not have the answer. But when we acknowledge that there is a power at work in us, and we hear these words again, I pray, according to the riches of his glory, that he may grant that you be strengthened in your inner being. You will know that it's about all of us and not just about you. You will understand when you hear, I pray, that you may have the power to comprehend with all of the saints the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ. Power at work in us to strengthen us so we are rooted in love, grounded in Christ, knowing that he is the one who is with us when we're grieving, with us when we're not well, with us when we lack hope, with us when we don't have the words to say. But there is a power in us. And God is calling us to acknowledge that power and to live in him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.